Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When the world heard that the US president had greenlit the assassination of the Iranian military leader, Qasem Soleimani, there was a collective holding of breath. Would this be like the 1914 killing of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the catalyst that kicked off World War I in just a matter of days? This is the equivalent of the Iranians assassinating the US Secretary of Defence. Today, we speak to our American political expert, John Barron, from Planet America, to find out whether Donald Trump has actually started the process of sending the world to war. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now, you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. On January 3rd, 2020, a US Reaper military drone was silently following a convoy of cars in Iraq. In one of those cars was a leader of Iran's powerful Quds Force, the paramilitary wing of the Revolutionary Guard, the man who at the time was considered to be the second most powerful man in Iran, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was personally responsible for some of the absolutely worst atrocities. He trained terrorist armies, including Hezbollah, launching terrorist strikes against civilian targets. He fueled bloody civil wars all across the region. He viciously wounded and murdered thousands of U.S. troops, including the planting of roadside bombs that maim and dismember their victims. And he orchestrated the violent assault on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. In recent days, he was planning new attacks on American targets, but we stopped him. Soleimani's hands were drenched in both American and Iranian blood. The civilized world must send a clear and unified message to the Iranian regime. Your campaign of terror, murder, mayhem will not be tolerated any longer. The drone attack and assassination has set off a series of events that has seen tensions rise between the US and Iran that has some commentators suggesting we may have just laid the groundwork for World War III. But before we speak to our US correspondent, let's get up to speed on how these two countries got here in the first place. Before the 1980s, Iran and America had a fairly positive relationship. Despite the UK and the Soviet Union both invading them back when they were known as Persia during World War II, both of them allies of the US. After the war, the CIA, along with MI6, helped organise a coup, which saw them install a regime in Iran that would see them become close allies. Until the 1979 Iranian Revolution. It was this revolution that started the modern conflict between Iran and the US. 
Some disagree on exactly why they dislike each other so much. One theory is that the Islamic Revolution has put them on very different ideological paths with what they call American arrogance. Some say the Iranian government needs a bad guy to help them repress democratic forces within the country and bind the people's loyalty to their leader. Either way, it set off a series of retaliatory attacks that have been going on ever since. There have been terror attacks, embargoes, economic sanctions, hostage situations. And then in 2015, President Barack Obama brokered a deal along with several other countries with Iran to stop them from enriching uranium for nuclear weapons. In return for their agreement, they lifted sanctions. This was then overturned by President Trump in 2018, bringing back those economically crippling sanctions. In return, Iran vowed to start up their uranium enrichment program and make nuclear weapons. Iran were then accused of attacking oil tankers in the Gulf. They shot down US surveillance drones, and then an oil field in Saudi Arabia was hit by a drone strike, knocking out one of the world's largest oil producers. The US blamed Iran. America bombed targets in Iraq and Syria, killing fighters linked to Iran. And then, on January 3rd, President Trump, without consulting Congress, greenlit the assassination of Qassem Soleimani. What has happened since then? Planet America's John Barrow joins us now. John, how was Trump even legally allowed to kill another country's military leader? It's a a very good question, and the White House maintains that they had evidence that there was clear and present danger that Qasem Soleimani, the Iranian general, was plotting against the United States, specifically an imminent threat against American embassies. There was, of course, for a period of time two weeks ago, a number of Iranian-backed militia groups that were a part of protests around the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad in the heavily fortified Green Zone. And so that was used as the catalyst for the strike. But we have had in the in the last few hours the, the chief of the Pentagon essentially say, well, we didn't really have specific evidence of a plot. And so the whole rationale seems to be unravelling somewhat. But Clearly, there was the opportunity to send a very strong message to the Iranians by targeting one of their top military figures, and uh, President Trump took that opportunity. Let's talk about the aftermath of the, I'll call it an assassination, whether you want to refer to it as that or not, but what's happened? Because immediately we're hearing news reports from around the world that Donald Trump has essentially set off a chain of events that could kick off World War III. But what has actually happened in the aftermath of Qasem Soleimani's death? In the aftermath of that, there was a big question as to how the Iranians would respond. Would they respond in a measured way or would they up the ante further? So if we see this as a chain of events beginning with an Iranian-backed militia killing an American citizen in Iraq, then there being a series of anti-American protests, including around the US embassy in Baghdad, the Americans struck back initially with some attacks against those militia members in Iraq. But as the protests continued and were inflamed by those strikes against the militia, President Trump, with a memory going back to the 1970s, of course, when they had the Americans taken hostage in the American embassy in Tehran that really scuttled then-President Jimmy Carter's re-election hopes in 1980, President Trump didn't want to see a repeat of that or indeed a repeat of the 2012 Benghazi incident where the American uh, consulate in Libya was overrun and three Americans, including the ambassador, were killed. So President Trump decided to go 
well, ballistic almost literally, and kill Soleimani. That, of course, then opened the question of what would Iran do? Iran launched a series of rocket attacks against air bases in Baghdad, but quite deliberately didn't target personnel, essentially bombing the end of the runway rather than the buildings, the barracks, and so on. And that was widely perceived, Claire, as a sign of a proportional response under international law, under UN guidelines as to what is an appropriate level of response without inflaming or escalating the military situation any further. So that was almost seen as a bit of a stand down at that point. But then, of course, within hours, we had the shooting down in Tehran of a Ukrainian airliner. And at that point, suddenly we were wondering, well, where are we up to in all of this? What does all of this mean? And of course, for several days, the Iranians were denying that they were responsible. And it's only in the last 48 hours or so that the Iranians have in fact conceded what was pretty clear that they did almost certainly accidentally shoot down this Ukrainian airline because their air defence systems in Tehran were on such super high alert, fearing the Americans were about to launch a cruise missile attack against the Iranian capital. So things spiralled out of control, even though there was a, a definite attempt to not escalate the standoff any further. Just finally, John, a lot's been said about the timing of this assassination. What does the US really get out of this and why did it happen now? It's a a fascinating question. A lot of people will draw parallels. They'll say this is a a wag the dog situation. President Trump creating a distraction internationally after he has been impeached by the the Democrat-dominated House of Representatives and is facing an impeachment trial in the Senate in the next few weeks, a a trial in which he is almost certain to be acquitted. So President Trump is not going to be removed from office as a result of this impeachment process. But still, this is a bold military move, some would argue a reckless and dangerous military move at a time when this impeachment process continues. And of course, more than a dozen Democrats are running in the primaries to be the candidate to take Donald Trump on in this November's presidential election. So it has a number of questions. Does this create a rally around the flag effect that sees President Trump's approval boosted as a result of this tradition of American presidents who do wage war or just some military action such as this? They do see an uptick in approval. Uh, They are seen as strong leaders. That hasn't really happened with Donald Trump, although there's not a lot of polling happening over this sort of Christmas, New Year, early January period, but he's around 42% approval, which is historically low, but about average for him in his three-year presidency so far. It raises questions, though, as to what it does to the Democrats seeking to replace Donald Trump. Does it help somebody like uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, who has significant foreign policy experience, eight years as Barack Obama's vice president, a senior hand on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for many decades, but also himself wrong on a number of key issues. He voted for the Iraq invasion in 2003, for instance. So questions over Joe Biden's judgment and experience. A more peace-focused candidate such as Bernie Sanders is enjoying a bit of an uptick in the polls at the moment. And his uh, condemnation of Donald Trump's militarism when Donald Trump himself was elected as more of a an anti-military isolationist uh, is seeming to resonate a little bit with uh, Democratic primary voters. So all of these things will play out 
everything is happening through a political prism this year with a presidential election well and truly underway. We are uh, less than three weeks away from the first votes, the Iowa caucuses in early February. So this is going to have a, a very direct and immediate political impact. And of course, as the impeachment process continues, if Donald Trump were to do something truly reckless and the situation with Iran were to get out of hand again, then that could give some Republican senators pause for thought and maybe think, well, perhaps we should convict this guy and and remove him from office after all. Will the world go to war over Trump's decision to kill Qassem Soleimani? Probably not. The Iranian government wants to hang on to power. And with the military might of the US breathing down their neck, the ill-equipped country won't be declaring war anytime soon. But that doesn't mean tensions will just go away either. Iran is known for their non-direct approach to warfare, such as terror attacks and kidnappings. So perhaps we can expect to see this play out as a series of smaller but still meaningful incidents. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash the quickie. And if you're a parent or carer and you're looking for a way to keep your kids entertained as well as educated, hit up our co-listening podcast, That's Incredible. Hosted by the gorgeous Andrew Datto, guests will talk those little ears through Australia, science, movie, sport and a stack more. Check out That's Incredible in your favourite podcast app.